your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Mills now in the backfield. Two wideouts to the near side. Stole the tight end in motion. Turn. Fake the handoff. Adrian keeps it himself. Coming to the near side. Adrian to the five. Adrian Martinez in. Touchdown. Nebraska. Adrian Martinez finds the end zone from 10 yards out. Oh, baby. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Here we are. Welcome to the program. Thanks so much for spending some of your Thursday night with us. Here's what we have lined up over the next couple of hours. Brian Christofferson of Huskers 24-7 is going to join us, give us his take on the wild week and no Husker football. We'll recap with him what he saw from Ohio State and where this team goes from here. Teddy Greenstein will join us at the top of hour number two. We'll have our Beyond the Headlines segment. We'll have a face-off battle between Austin and Tim and our Flix picks coming up later on in hour number three. And as always, phone lines open and available to you at 531-500-4686. That also doubles up as our U.S. Cellular text line. U.S. Cellular proud to be the official wireless sponsor of the Huskers. U.S. Cellular connecting Husker Nation. Tim had this in the ticker, the statement from earlier today from Athletic Director Bill Moose and University of Nebraska-Lincoln Chancellor Ronnie Green. I'm just going to read it to you. It's about uh, four paragraphs long. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, the safety and well-being of our Nebraska student-athletes has been our top priority, and we know Wisconsin is operating with the same guiding principle. We We wish all of those impacted in the Wisconsin program a quick and full recovery from the virus. With the cancellation of the game against Wisconsin, we did explore the possibility of securing a non-conference game for Saturday. The discussions we had were with teams that had already implemented stricter testing protocols that those mandated by the Big Ten Conference. Those details were non-negotiable if we were to bring a non-conference opponent to Lincoln. At Nebraska, we will always make decisions based on what is best for our student-athletes and to provide them with the best possible experience during their college careers. To this point, the young men in our program have worked hard to prepare for the football season and have made the necessary sacrifices in order to play in this unusual environment. With an already shortened season, we owed it to our student-athletes to explore any possible option to play a game this week. We believe the flexibility to play non-conference games could have been beneficial not only for Nebraska but other Big Ten teams who may be in a similar position as the season progresses. The ability for all Big Ten members to play a non-conference game, if needed, could provide another data point for possible college football playoff and bowl consideration. Ultimately, the Big Ten Conference did not approve our request, and we respect their decision. We are excited to move forward with preparations for the rest of the season, beginning with next week's game at Northwestern. Woke up this morning, Ben, and not after long of being awake, there were reports out of Chattanooga that Nebraska had come to an agreement with the University of Tennessee Chattanooga, an FCS program, to try to get a game played on Saturday um, pending Big Ten approval, which did, did not come later in the day. And so uh, that did not end up happening. Not surprised. I mean, this was the Big Ten made it pretty clear several months ago that it was going to be a conference-only schedule and that if games were postponed because of virus complications, they were just gone. They were lost. So not surprised at all. I don't know. Were you, were you 
a surprise that, that uh, Nebraska didn't get the green light? No, not surprised that they didn't get the green light. I I, I disagree with uh, the reasoning. You know, this this being our stance all along, I I think that you know the lack of flexibility, you know, is uh, is definitely something that. Uh, I guess I, I was expecting, but, you know, you thought that there was also a time where the Big Ten Conference didn't think it was safe to play football. So that obviously changed. Why can't your policy on rescheduling games that aren't made up? So I guess that, you know, I don't necessarily agree with the reasoning. I, I do understand the point of, you know, m- members of the league or even the conference as a whole just looking at, at – you know, Nebraska and saying, you know, you went out and talked to people before, you know, even bringing it to our attention. But at the same time, if you're Nebraska, you don't want to present a case to a room if nobody's on board anyway. I mean, you want to be prepared and, you know, have your ducks in a row when you present it to a group. I mean, who shows up to a group presentation with nothing prepared with just an idea? I mean, I I feel like you want to have, you know, know, at least say, yeah, we, we found somebody and we're ready to go. All you got to do is approve it as opposed to just presenting them a, a blueprint of an idea, how to build a building, you know, the building's already done. You say, we, can we move in? And the answer was no. So, you know, I, I'm not surprised, you know, I think that the big 10 certainly took a, a beating today around uh, the landscape of color. Wouldn't in the Big Ten blueprint because it seems like anytime Nebraska stands up for what they believe in, uh, they face backlash and, you know, people want to drag Nebraska's name through the trash our program every, every chance that they get. Shows just how valued. To me, it's like you see that type of trash talk with Ohio State and Michigan fans or, um, you know, Purdue and Indiana fans, but it sure seems like there's a lot of teams around the big 10 that have ill feelings towards the Huskers for whatever reason, like unnecessarily. So that it's becoming pretty toxic, I think is the best way to put it, you know, around the league with people's feelings towards Nebraska and what they offer the league just as a public perception. But me as somebody who, you know, covers our program and and all of our teams, I, I would much rather have, a university and coaches and teams that fight for what they believe in and fight for what they think is right and fight for their players as opposed to a a, a program or an institution that's just going to sit on their hands and follow rules blindly. I mean, without, you know, raising questions that are very much appropriate. So I'm proud of Nebraska again today. I'm, I'm proud of the, of the football team and everybody involved in trying to, to take the next step and, filling that role. Nebraska has done everything right. They followed all the protocols. They're passing all the tests. They're doing everything by the book to an elite standard and they're being punished for it. So I felt like it was more than reasonable for the Huskers to say, you know, if, if we find a team that wants to play us that are also taking proper protocols, why not let us play? Um, but obviously everyone in the conference disagreed and, um, you know, seems to be like it, it was a joke and Nebraska is getting laughed at for even suggesting they'd be able to do that. Yeah. Nebraska is guilty of wanting to play football. And I I was on a couple of our affiliates today and that's what I said. Nebraska is guilty because they want to play football. 
Uh, you know, the Big Ten, though, has made it pretty clear. They're, they didn't want anybody playing somebody outside the conference. They made that clear. So when I, I heard rumblings of this in the last 24 hours or so, I was like, I don't know, this isn't going to fly because the, the Big Ten's going to not change their scope. And I, even on our text line, we just have a text from somebody who says, if this was Ohio State asking for an out-of-conference game, would they have approved? And I don't, I don't think so. I, I think they've been pretty clear that we want to keep everything in-house or in-league at least and not let somebody play an out-of-conference game. So I don't think if it had been Ohio State who had a game canceled this week but could still play, I, I don't think the league would have – maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't think the league would have said, yeah, you can do that. I, I don't think Nebraska is being singled out here on that thing. But I'm with you. If I'm a, if I'm a student athlete in, in Nebraska's program right now, I'm proud of the fact that my my coach, my administrators, are fighting to give me an opportunity to play. I, I think that's got to be a win in the locker room or the clubhouse or what, wherever you are and what sports you're in. At least you know you have – people that are fighting for you to get a chance to go out and do and compete and do things you love to do. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the, the biggest takeaway is, you know, it, I have heard that hypothetical thrown out today, some on social media about what would happen if this was another team in the league. We'll never know the answer to that question, but I, I think there might only be one, uh, one or two other teams in the league that would even have taken the steps that Nebraska did to present that in full, you know, in front of the room. I think, um, you know, if the, if this were to happen to other schools, being, you know, the, your opponent is tested positive and your guys are healthy, everybody else would have just showed up to that meeting with their, you know, hands under their seat and saying, okay, you know, we're not even, you know, they they wouldn't have even reached out. They wouldn't have even had the thought to try and reschedule the game. So, you know, I don't know that that directly applies to other schools because. You know, we've already seen that most of the other schools in this league are just going to follow the rule, you know, just follow whatever everybody else says and, you know, not necessarily fight for what they truly believe if they even want to, if, even if they want to play football. I, I don't I don't know the answer to that question, but um, I don't think I don't think that there would be other schools that would say, you know, this is what we want to do. Are you OK with that? They would have just assumed the answer would have been no and moved on right. to the next item in the agenda. Exactly. Uh, on our text line, is Wisconsin going to be able to play next week or do they miss next week's game as well? To update everybody, Wisconsin did announce a few hours ago they have three more positive cases. They're up to 15 now. Two more staff members, one more player. So it's eight staff members. Some are coaches, some are not. And then seven players that have tested positive. So they, they're dealing with an outbreak on their team. There's no doubt that they are dealing with that. Uh, and so... Uh, that's why they're shut down for seven days and not able to even kind of get back together as a group until next Wednesday. I don't know the status of their game, and they are to play Purdue at home next week. Is certainly up in the air. Um, so I, I don't. We don't know the answer to that whether Wisconsin will play next week or not. I've been a little surprised. I've been doing a lot of following of you know writers and um, and just stuff from the Wisconsin camp. I'm surprised they're even talking about the potential of playing against Purdue. I mean, th think about how serious that they're making it sound right now. Not saying it's not, mm -hmm. but, th like, the idea of, of Wisconsin playing this week is is ridiculous to those people. Like, they, they can't believe that people in Nebraska are upset that they're not playing this game. So that tells me that, you know, this is a, this is a very if, – if it's as serious as they're making it right now, what's going to make it less serious in nine days? I mean, what, what's going to make it less serious for them to go out and compete – in nine days than it is right now like th the fact that they're already talking about 
uh, you know, potentially playing Purdue is a little annoying to me. Like, like it, it, let's let's not worry about about that right now. If if, right. if if it's a joke that we're we're, you know, Nebraska are up in arms now, it should be just as big of a joke that you're talking about playing Purdue next week. So, I mean, again, I I feel like there's a little bit of a double standard there. Is that the case? Maybe, maybe not. But you know, I think that. If this is as bad as they say it is in Madison, like let's let's maybe get it under control before we worry about you know talking about our next opponent after Nebraska. I look, I get it that the state of Wisconsin is going through some stuff right now, and they're they're you know it is pretty rampant up there, and it is a very serious situation in that state. But maybe treat it that way and not talk about you know a potential matchup with the Boilermakers seven days after you're scheduled to play a Nebraska team. So. I look. I they're in a bad situation in Wisconsin. Minnesota was in a bad situation last week, and we really yeah. didn't hear a whole lot about that in their game against Michigan. They were without four or five starters, and there was never a question whether Minnesota. We, we've given Minnesota some crap on this show the last few weeks about you know their their lack of um, noise or opinions or, or wanting to play. I guess. But they played, they and played. we didn't really hear boo about it. We didn't really – I mean, all that stuff seems to be coming out after the fact uh, with their game against Michigan. So, you know, Purdue was without their head coach with, with COVID, and they won, they won a game. So I guess it's as big a deal as you make it. And right now it sounds like Wisconsin, they're making it a big deal, which is why I'm confused about them talking about Purdue next week. Right. And again, those seven players that are now confirmed positives or have to their twenty one day clock has started for those and if any more happen, then that clock would start for them on the day that it happens. Let's head to the phone. Let's go to Rockport down in the state of Missouri. Jerry's up next here on Sports Honda. Good evening, Jerry. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh Greg, you and Ben, hey. I sure enjoy I well, enjoy thanks. your uh, comments all the time. We're trying to hang in there, Jerry. You bet. Well, you're doing better than I am. I I got a question, and I and I want your comment on this. With the who hires and fires the commissioner of the Big Ten, and then in turn, after he's hired, who makes these decisions? Is it you know who's actually making decisions? There is he just a puppet? I mean, he's the force leader of any. He couldn't lead any organization. So I'm wondering if. What to, you know? How long he's? What kind of a leash he has? In other words, if he's, if he, you know, what kind of an agreement they have? Is he a one-term, one-year deal, and then it's revisited? What What's your comments on that? I don't know the length of his contract. He's hired and works at the direction of the presidents and the chancellors. So he really kind of works for them. They're his boss, just just like Roger Goodell. In the NFL, he's the NFL commissioner. He works at the discretion of the owners. They hire him. They can fire him. Uh, but he is to rule. Now, Goodell has more power than Kevin Warren does. But Kevin Warren does get hired by a, a group of uh, presidents and chancellors, go through the vetting process, and then it goes to the full group of 14 for a vote. Uh, so he, he kind of works at their at their behest. I hope that answers your your question there and rob jerry appreciate that it's very nice comments we we could use some of those around here today rob on our 
Our Twitter poll said, it's pretty remarkable that Bill Moose and his staff could find a team, make a deal, and have a game basically ready to go in less than 24 hours after one gets canceled. That's awesome. Congratulations to them. Rob, I couldn't agree more. That's fantastic. Nebraska able to do that. It's pretty remarkable, Ben. I mean, in this day and age, to be able to kind of get something pieced together like that and have it ready to go had they gotten the, the green light. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think it, it speaks to the vision of of what Nebraska wants to do. I don't think it's it's ever been up in the air on where Nebraska stands on this deal. And, you know, there's been some articles written on this today, and, you know, a lot of the points in there are saying, you know, it's it's going to be a limited season as it is, and, and who knows when, you know, football could potentially be shut down. So why not take advantage of it when you have that window? I kind of lean on, on that side, uh, you know, a little bit heavily on the others, saying, you know, we've got to, you've got an opportunity to play. We have an open date. We have an opponent ready to play. The protocols and safety are in order, so why not why not go forth with it? But you know, it was clear that uh, that Nebraska was silly to to even mention. It didn't even sound like it got to a vote. I mean, it no. didn't even sound like this was a like for those wondering. It didn't sound like this was very close. Like the, you know, it was a a six to five vote or a you know a six to six split vote outside of Nebraska. It didn't sound like it, it was even really seriously considered. So um, I think kind of. That's where that's where I'm going with it. Everyone kind of scoffed at Nebraska for even suggesting that this would be a possibility. Midwest Ford Dealers offering you an awesome prize this football season. All you have to do is enter a photo showing your Husker pride or vote for your favorite photo, and you could be the winner of a $50 Husker gift card. Enter and vote today at facebook.com slash Huskers. Delighted to welcome on board the program Brian Christofferson of Huskers 24-7. Feel like you've been on a roller coaster for the last several days, BC? Yeah, a little bit. A uh, little stomach sick, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but uh, wishing, wishing we had a football game to cover Saturday. But alas, it wasn't to be, I guess. Probably not surprising, right? I mean, we've been sitting back for the last couple of months watching the, the ACC and the Big 12 and the SEC, and they've had issues. So I think it was probably naive maybe to think the Big 10 would be immune to them. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, I like the schedule that they had the first time they came out with one in the summer because it allowed flexibility. And folks will remember the day they announced that 10-game schedule that was going to start in September. Uh, You know, there were buys within that. There were like three or four bye weeks. And uh, the Big Ten commissioner himself kind of bragged about this is flexibility here is the thing i mean this is this is what we're going to use to our advantage with this schedule um and uh it would be nice to have right now and i think that was always the worry uh when you saw this as excited as we were that they're actually going to just play football when you said okay they're going to try to pack nine games in nine weeks um eventually someone was going to uh have some issues break out and uh you know wisconsin has and i know there's layers to that whole thing too that are that are probably tough to to get to the bottom of. But um, yeah, it, it's it's hard if you're on Nebraska's end and you're so fired up to see if you can build off. I know the score of the opening week wasn't what anyone wanted, but I think there was a feeling like okay, Nebraska looks more ready in the trenches. Let's see what this product does against Wisconsin, which has been known for their work uh, up front and. Uh, uh, it's got to be disappointing, you know, to to not have that opportunity. But you gotta you gotta have make these productive days behind the scenes because uh, this is a team that did not have spring practices. They did not have bowl practices. 
uh, every day needs to be useful for this football program right now because that game against Northwestern in nine days, that's a sneaky pig football game for this team. No doubt. And, boy, the Cats look good in their opening game. Brian, where do you come down? And I've, we've heard from a lot of folks who say, why is this not a forfeit? Why is this just a no contest? Is it a bit of a loophole maybe in the in the protocols that the Big Ten set up? I mean, what, what, what do you make of all that? I mean, I guess I don't mind it being called a no contest. Uh, I'm one of those people, you know, like – some teams many years later get sanctioned like the fab five or something. And it's like, yeah, I still remember that. I, I, I watched it. I still remember they were in the final four. You know, So if I saw something happen with my own eyes, I still factor that it happened and that team made it that far. And if I didn't see a team win or lose a game, I don't consider it really a win or a loss. So in that way, uh, I don't really, it doesn't bother me that the, the no contest thing, but you know, I, I think, what Husker fans wondered about was the orange-red situation. And we have all this coding we use uh, with the Big Ten to decide, you know, what, what's what. And Wisconsin was in a, a bad spot, but not necessarily a spot where they couldn't have played. And, you know, they, they I think they had three more cases today. So you have to factor that in. There was worry that there was more coming, and there apparently is. Um, eight are players, eight are staff members. Um, so from a player's standpoint, it's not as bad as that 16, 15, 16 number you're seeing kind of attached to Wisconsin. But it's still a problem, and I don't want to. I don't want to pick at their decision that uh, this is a tough deal we're all going through, and you know they did what they thought was best for them. Uh, but I do understand where fans on the outside are looking at it as this is kind of a gray area, isn't it, about who's deciding what when these games are canceled and when they're not. Seems like Nebraska's become a bit of a pinata again for the national media, and, and maybe not quite as much this time with trying to put together this matchup with Chattanooga, but it, it just seems like Nebraska sure gets hammered a lot for wanting to play. It, it, do you find that odd yeah. at all? I think there's a lot of group think that's going on honestly, and it's happening in media, and it's kind of disappointing to me. Um, you know, somebody has started a narrative that Nebraska's the complainer at the party, and that just kind of gets repeated and repeated, and it's it's lazy. I mean, there's a lot of lazy stuff, and we saw a lot of lazy reporting, um, you know, a month or so back uh, with stuff that just wasn't accurate. Uh, you know, really all that happened here is uh, – you got to work quick. If you wanted to play a game this weekend um, instead of Wisconsin as a replacement, everything had to happen in a matter of 24 hours. So Nebraska, you know, tried to check off the boxes they could to actually pull that off, realizing, you know, this is a football team, um, you know, that hasn't been able to practice or play a lot. This would be really valuable for them to get some more game reps. Um and they presented it to the league, and I, I don't know how far how far it didn't get. It sounds like maybe it didn't get as far as you would hope in the even a voting process. Uh, but I do not see what the big deal is about um, looking out for your side and saying, you know, we want to try to get our kids on the field. Can we do this? And that's really all Nebraska has done over the last few months is put together ideas and plans and try to think ahead and ask, you know, why, why, you know, could we do this? We want to play football. And they've been mocked. <laughs> they've kind of been mocked for wanting to play football, which is, is kind of a weird thing when you actually step back from it, isn't it? 
Yeah, it is. Brian Christofferson with us from Huskers 24-7 here on Sports Nightly. Let's bring it back to the team. Um, what did? Where do you think they could – where are areas they can build off of, in your eyes, from that Ohio State game as now they get ready for Northwestern? Where did you see maybe some encouraging signs from week one? I like – I was worried about the defensive line going into the game. Uh, but, you know, Eric Chenander and Tuioti have been bullish on that group, and they've said all along, we think they can be as good as the other guys, who are three guys who are now in the NFL, if not a little bit better. And I don't want to go too far with it. It's one game, and the score is 52-17. to 17, But I think people, with they could trust their eyes that, man, the run defense looks better. It looked like the, the front seven, when it came to stopping the run, um, you know, linebackers were filling their spots much better than they have in the past. I thought the middle backers, Colin Miller and Will Honus, probably played some of their best football we've seen in a Husker uniform. And um, Ty Robinson and Casey Rogers and Ben Stilley in particular, I thought uh, played really well, uh, especially Robinson and Casey Rogers, who are really making only their first, you know, major appearance as Huskers. So I think you take that, and then you look at the offensive line and say, you know, Nebraska ran for almost six yards a pop to Ohio State's four-and-a-half rush. Um, That's good. Now, you know, where you worry, and I understand the other part of this conversation, it's this this team's got to get out of its own way. You got to finish stuff. You know, you can't be a team that moves it from 25 to 25, but then you get down there and you fumble it or you have a costly penalty. And uh, that, that was the bugaboo in this game. I think it could have been, I mean, Ohio State is what they are, their top five, top three team. I think it was more like begging to be a 21 point type of game than a 35 point game. But, you know, that's what happens when you, you leave it on the turf and they run it back the other way and then you kill another drive by doing that. This team's got to, they got to function when they get it down there on that other end. Um, Cause they're going to move the ball, but can they finish drives and not be like there's a force field that they can't penetrate when they get inside <laughs> a certain part of the field. Yeah, you're right. And, and, Looking at all the numbers, they look good, and then you look at the scoreboard, and it says 17 points. That was probably the disappointing thing, that they didn't have more on the board, with as well as they did move the football. Well, BC, we appreciate it. It's been crazy the last several days. Uh, It's probably going to continue to be that way. I don't know that it's going to be smooth sailing from here on, so everybody just better buckle up. I guess that's probably the best advice we can get of everybody. That's right. Uh, we still got we still got a season ahead of us and some big games in the next couple of weeks. So uh, I hope people spend their bye week well and with family and enjoy themselves. Yeah, get out and trick or treat, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We're back Thursday night sports only here on the Husker Sports Network. You're two days away from Halloween. You got that candy bot? You got some time to still get out there and get your candy bars ready to deliver them to all those ghosts and goblins that'll be dropping by for you on Saturday. Our two ghosts and goblins are Tim and Austin. They're ready to go to work as we go beyond the headlines. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! And that's the way it is. Good night. Beyond the Headlines. 
That's right. Another edition of Beyond the Headlines where Austin and I have put our collective brain power together and pulled out objectively the seven most topical, most interesting, most pressing stories <laughs> of our time. Uh, and, and this one, I don't know if you guys are starting out with a good one, I think. Um, uh, even though the, the coronavirus pandemic is not over, the Tokyo Olympics are still going to go on next summer. Uh, but unfortunately, U.S. Olympian Christian Coleman uh, will not be able to compete because he was uh, Christmas shopping, a Christmas shopping trip what? gone wrong. According to the Athletics Integrity Unit, that's an anti-doping testing agency. Uh, last December, Coleman was not where he said he'd be uh, during this one-hour window when he said he'd be available for a test. They show up to his apartment. Uh, to test him and he was nowhere to be found well coleman claims that he was uh just christmas shopping and grabbing some takeout chipotle however uh according to the the agency this this is a violation of the whereabouts clause and this is the third time he's he's done something like this so he can no longer compete in the tokyo olympics because he was christmas shopping when the testing agency went to went to go test him uh, so, you know, given this five-second analysis I've just, I've just kind of laid out for you guys, you guys think this is a too punitive of a decision to, to ban him outright over just some Christmas shopping? Or do you feel that he bears the brunt of the responsibility, that he wasn't where he said he was going to be when that testing agency showed up? It strikes me as irresponsible. Uh, I would love to know more about the other instances before I, I just throw down an opinion. But it sounds like he was a, a habitual violator of this rule. Right. That being yeah. said, I don't know that just ban, straight banning him from the Olympics is uh, is okay. <laughs> I think that's a little harsh, but hey, I'm not in charge. Yeah, the other yeah, time he like, was – sorry, Greg. The other time he apparently was at a track beat in Des Moines, Iowa, and there was something else. But, yeah, this time it was a Christmas shopping trip. So Yeah, being irresponsible shouldn't be disqualifying from the Olympic Games, I wouldn't think. But I would at think, some point – I would think that do- – yeah, I think the doping agency would be a little more focused on the doping aspect as opposed to <laughs> Christmas shopping. But, hey, I'm not going to tell them how to do their jobs. No, nah, I mean, he, he – uh, to his credit, I guess he he had the receipts. Literally, he was showing them. Oh, I was at the Walmart, you know, buying Christmas toys and stuff. And here's my Chipotle receipt. And he said, if they had just called me, I would have only five minutes away. But they weren't buying that. So <laughs> that's frustrating. Yeah, yeah. They they were <laughs> not tough. fans. All tough right. Deal there. Moving hey, on. Hey, Austin, welcome back, buddy. Hi, Austin. Thank you. Hi, congratulations. Guys. You sound like you Austin sound like got a new married, man. folks. I, I did get married. It's uh, it's good to be back. Had a, had a great few days. But, yeah, it's been eight days since I was uh, last You haven't missed much. It's been pretty quiet here all week. <laughs> yeah, not much. Good. I uh, picked a good time to not be on Twitter, not paying attention to stuff then, it sounds like. Not much happening. Well, something that <laughs> did happen in the NFL, there's a pair of veteran receivers that signed with teams, including Antonio Brown with the Tampa Bay Bucks and Des Bryant with the Ravens practice squad. So which of those two do you guys think causes less trouble for their new team this season? <laughs> Holy smokes. I mean, um, <laughs> I know what I'd say. I'd say A.B. because I think he'll step in line because Brady will keep him in line. So I would say A.B. I, see, that's, they tried that in New that, England, though. Yeah. See, I kind of felt like that would be the easy answer, right? Antonio, he's had to have learned his lesson by now, right? You would yeah. think. But I think I think uh, Des Bryant is probably the safer play here. Um, so I'll say Des just because he has never, at his worst, been as bad at as AB on that three or four month stretch that he had uh, when he was with the Raiders and then when he was with um, that stint with the Patriots and, and whoever else. So. 
I'm going to say <laughs> I'm just going to say Dez, but yeah, two guys that I don't really uh, want anything to do Pick your poison. With. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think it's a little easier for Dez, too, because the Bucks signed A.B. straight to their team. Dez is at least on the practice squad, so if yeah. he starts acting up, they can ax him a lot easier. True. Yeah. Well, Antonio Brown really just has a solid head on his shoulders, you know, probably just qu- quietly going to get to work. Uh, nothing to see <laughs> Did there. he ever get his feet situation fixed? Do you remember <laughs> like he, his like, feet were like yeah. all ripped apart from uh, – Yeah. Like – like he was getting like frozen treatment or something. Well, on you, his feet. I, I don't like, know about that, but you, you remember that ad he put out of like Gruden uh, cutting or saying, "Oh, you're just misunderstood" or whatever. And like in his announcement video of him leaving the radio, it was so strange. Yeah. The guy's just a loose cannon. Uh, well, speaking of uh, train wrecks, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they're, they're playing. I thought right. you were going to say this show, but that's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the, the the Falcons. They're they're a pretty massive train wreck. Um, you know, they're playing right now against the Panthers. About the score, actually. But uh, you guys probably they saw are? this past Sunday. Uh, they were trailing the Lions sixteen to fourteen with a minute ten left uh. on the clock in the fourth quarter. The Falcons had first and goal. All they had to do uh, was was take a knee. Um, and kick a field goal, but uh, and even microphones from inside the NFL picked up Matt Ryan and Hell saying to Todd Gurley, "Please do not score. Just don't score here. All we're gonna do is just oh, just don't score." Well, what happened was Todd Gurley scored. Uh, <laughs> he got the <laughs> yep. ball, ran right to the the goal line, and awkwardly fell down as he realized last moment what was what was happening. But um, who do you blame more for the situation? Do you blame Todd Gurley or? Do you blame the interim head coach, Raheem Morris, who opted to give the ball to Gurley instead of just taking a knee? Well, they needed the first down. They needed to get the first down. I thought it down, was first and so. goal, wasn't it? No, it was like third and one or third and two or something. But the field goal does the same thing for him, too, doesn't it? Well, put him up. Because it would have put him up. They would have. Okay, so it was like third and two with over a minute left. All They needed one first down because they didn't have any time. The other team, the Lions didn't have any timeouts. Right. So they pick up the first down. Then they kill the clock inside the five with, like, three seconds left, with, and then you kick the game-winning field goal and go home. That, that's what you needed to do. Um, it's but it's I, Gurley's I did, fault. I did, hear, I did hear the audio, and that was real bad. I mean, Gurley even acknowledged, yeah, I got you, I got you, or whatever he said. And, uh-huh. uh, and it, it wasn't even a momentum thing. Like, he broke – like, the Lions guy wasn't trying to bring him down, clearly. You know, he, he, he was basically, like, trying to – you know, wrap him up, and that was it. And then he just let go of him. So, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy that that happened. It's crazy that happened twice, one on Saturday, one on Sunday, with the Indiana-Penn State game and then this game in the NFL. It's crazy. The, the Penn State-Indiana one I put more on the coaches because you need, you're need you dealing with college kids. Their heads are swimming. They're thinking about who they're going to go kiss their girlfriend at when they get back at Penn State that night. Todd Gurley, and it, it makes it worse and, and inexcusable when his quarterback's telling him, don't score. So I, I blame him for the NFL one, the coaches more, in the college one. All right, we'll stick with football here for topic number four. Your Kansas City Chiefs are set to play at the Jets on Sunday, and Chris Jones at his press conference today, the defensive tackle for the Chiefs, and he had this to say about the Jets. Quote, that's a very good football team. People forget that because they haven't won a game. End quote. Is Chris Jones being polite? Is he using athlete speak for not looking over or past the Jets, or does he have a point? (laughs) I mean, the Jets' defense isn't awful. Like, like the the defense isn't terrible, but they're winless. I yeah. think, it, and knowing Chris Jones, like this is definitely a gray area because he is a character. 
But I don't think in this instance he was trying to troll. I, I, I really yeah. don't. I, I, I don't see that being... I don't see that being the case right here. And, and if it was, that's, that's not a good look at all. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I did see that today, and, and obviously he got ran over because of it. And a lot of people do... Th- they don't believe him because it's the Jets and they're winless. They think it's a troll job, but I, I don't know that that's what he was trying to do. It's a, a backhanded compliment, really. Uh, uh, for yeah, Mr. he's Jones. trying to be nice. He's trying to be nice, it's, right? I think he was going more with the coach and, speak. Yeah, and, and hey, let's let's be honest. Everybody in the NFL is okay, right? The Jets just are on the bottom end of that scale. They're not a great team, but they are still professional players that have some ability. He just he was just trying to be nice. I mean, I they just lost that. by eight participation to like they lost trophy. By one, great one. They lost by one possession to the Bills, so it's not right. like you know. Yeah, they led most of that game, didn't they? It was like a field goal contest. So yeah, yeah. It wasn't. yeah they kicked, Buffalo kicked six field goals. They didn't even score. They kicked right. six field goals. Won like eighteen to ten or something. So you say the Jets cover on Sunday? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a tall order. Um, d- despite receiving a positive COVID-19 diagnosis in the middle of Game 6 of the World Series, no less, Dodgers infielder Justin Turner couldn't resist returning to the field to celebrate with his teammates. Um, you guys probably saw the surreal moment after the, the Fox broadcast announced that he, had, that he had tested positive for COVID-19 and was actually yanked in the middle of the game. It was pretty surreal stuff. Uh, how much, though, can we fault Turner knowing that you know, this is such a momentous occasion. That said, he did test positive for COVID-19. He had a mask on, but how do you guys explain Turner's decision to return to the field after receiving a positive COVID diagnosis? I think he was just, heck with it. I'm, my team's won. I'm going to celebrate with my team. I'll worry about my health later. It was it was irresponsible. There's no doubt. We had a buy-sell question on this last night, right? Wasn't it 100 k that he and the Dodgers – we get fine together. I haven't seen. Did, yeah. did they do that today? They didn't do it today, did they? I didn't see anything on that, but I it, did. It's, I did it's see ir- some videos of him walking around. He like gave his wife or his girlfriend a kiss or something on the field too, as he was That's holding his the wife. trophy. Yeah. yeah, check her out sometime. By the way, <laughs> if you've got a free minute, uh huh, it's worth it. Um, it. It's irresponsible, but I also get he's like, man, I just won the World Series. I'm going to go celebrate with my teammates, and I'm told his teammates were saying. Get out of here. We don't care. Get out of here. Yeah. Well, I, I tried to – I did not find anything about Justin Turner getting a fine of the Dodgers organization. However – Not yet. Uh, if you, It's coming. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do have fireworks, though, on a Google search engine if you type in the Dodgers. So that's a nice touch for them. But, yeah, that was uh, not a lot of good news for Justin in the, in the national news media. They were slamming in uh, hard and deservedly so. So there you go. All right, we head to New York City, the wild and wacky for topic number six of the night. So a sidewalk sinkhole opened up underneath a man's feet as he stood and waited for a bus yesterday. The result for the man was a broken arm and broken leg, as well as an introduction to a colony of 15 rats. So first of all, would you guys rather (laughs) deal with this sinkhole or Lincoln and Omaha's potholes? And secondly, who ended up (laughs) in the better spot, this guy or Nebraska in the Big Ten? (laughs) Oh God! Oh, Austin, I deal with symbol crash. I deal with so many of the potholes. It's just ridiculous, and it gets really bad in the winter time. I'm, I'm, I want to say I'm used to it. I don't know that you can ever just get used to it, but it's just been rough with that. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to be falling in any sinkholes and physically injuring myself. And hanging out with rats is is not my thing. So, um, definitely a tough situation. 
And and I'm sure that guy in the sinkhole gets treated about as good as Nebraska does in the Big Ten. So that part I have no answer to. <laughs> um, I blew a tire on a pothole a couple years ago. Those things are they'll, they'll do some damage to your car, and we're not we're not far away from that happening again. You guys realize that, right? I mean, we're we've already had our oh, first yeah. snow, so those are coming. Uh, the sinkhole with rats that gives me the willies. I can get a tire fixed. I don't want to have the – I'd probably have nightmares over that thing for years to come. So I, I think that's worse. It took him half an hour to get the guy out, too. Oh, my God. Half an hour How? for the fire department How deep to get was there. this hole? It was 15 feet, but it took the oh fire department gosh. that long to get there. But, yeah, my dude well, took a tumble. Well, think about it. Plus, you don't know if it's going to cave in on you, right? I mean, that thing could just keep going. Yeah, the, the article also said that debris just kept falling on this guy's head every 45 seconds yeah. minute or so. Yeah, I would have just let the rats take me. I think at that point, you kind of <laughs> succumbed to fate. Um, <laughs> and then uh, finishing off here, we had this in a ticker, of course, but the, the news of Tony La Russa, Cardinals legend, mind you, uh, returning to Major League Baseball to manage the White Sox. Uh, d- does this strike you guys as a good move on the part of Chicago? He's 76 years old, and he's been out of the game for uh, about a decade. And co- of course, he was last with the Cardinals back in 2011. Uh, do you guys see the logic to this move, or the White Sox, uh, to use KP's beloved phrase, are they out of their gourd for hiring Larusa? I love it because I hate the Cardinals, fan- Cardinals, and the Cardinals fans hate it, so I think it's great. <laughs> I can confirm uh, I do I- hate it. I think it's a disaster. I don't think it's it, going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. He he's got he's inheriting a really young squad. They're they're not going to listen to him. I don't think he's going to have control of that. I don't understand the logic behind it. AJ Hinch seemed like a pretty good way to go for them. And who was the other one, Ben? They were talking about besides Hinch, that was up for that job. Uh, I just I remember Hinch being the other big name. I, I can't was remember. Another, the was it Joey Joey Cora? Maybe was the other one Alex Cora? Alex Cora. Yeah. Okay, Alex Cora. Those both seem like more logical moves than this one. I don't think it's going to work. I think it's a stretch. Now, five years older now than uh, Dusty Baker, who's 71, who's yeah. the, current, the current oldest manager. Uh, we wish him well, uh, although I don't really no, wish him don't. that well because uh, <laughs> no, why, don't. Tony, why? That's all I got to say. And only right. one of us got that by sell question right. Not going to name names. <laughs> of course. I think I sold when, that, yeah. I was awful last night, Austin. I have like three of ten or something. It's terrible. Good work, boys. Those are good. You're right, Tim. That was solid. Yeah, thank you. That's an eight, eight point five somewhere in there yeah. on a scale of ten. Perfect. I'll I'll print out the certificate, hang it on the wall. Very proud of myself for that. We'll take it. Now I have nightmares about sinkholes the rest <laughs> of the night. It's time for faceoff. Let's go. Mano a mano. You, me, right here. Right now. Now, here are your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Oh, baby. Here we go. Ben, you excited for this one? I am. I could not be more excited. So <laughs> they better be they better be prepared. How about our contestants? You know, um, I've been meditating uh, in one of those like uh, sens- sensory deprivation ch- chambers for the last hour or so. I've done some push-ups, uh, some sit-ups, drank some water, um, and I, I feel mentally prepared and ready to crush Austin uh, like a Dixie cup. So that's where I'm at right now. I can confirm that none of those things, except for the water part, are true. Having been <laughs> seated about six and a half feet, seven feet, eight feet from Tim. To me, this matchup is going to help 
answer the eternal rest versus rust debate. Everyone else has had their their head locked into the sports news and you know maybe seen some facts <laughs> floating around on the internet. I've been out of the game for a while, so well, whose fault's that, Austin? It, it's it's my fault, totally. So exactly. it's an excuse. It's a reason. I'm just excited to uh, to get it going again. So let's let's go for it. Yeah, I never take my eyes off the prize, so that's kind of what I've got going for me. It's kind of good that you two are sitting there near each other. You can keep an eye, make sure nobody's, you know, yes. getting online and Google. But socially, <laughs> socially distant. But yes, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. All right, if you're ready, let's get going. Question one: Last Saturday, Adrian Martinez moved into eighth place on the all-time quarterback rushing list at Nebraska. Who's in the top five? Tim. Okay, I don't know why I buzzed in. This is gonna be rough. Uh, well, top five. You said rushing or passing? Sorry, rushing. Okay, uh, well, let's go with uh, T-Magic himself, uh, Taylor Martinez. Moneyball! <laughs> that is correct. Taylor Martinez, number two on the list with 2,975 yards. You want to play or pass? Um, mm, I probably should pass, but I think I'll play. So I need to get right. five. Is that right? Now you need four. Four, four okay. You need four. Okay. <laughs> Just trying to – my brain's rattle right now. Uh, Team Magic, okay. Well, that goes the only obvious one. Uh, let's go with uh, Tommy Frazier. Do we have Tommy Frazier? Love yep. it. He's number five, 1955, hmm. not 1,955 yards. So he's number five. Hmm. You're two okay. for two. I'm thinking of other option QBs. Uh, what about Turner Gill? Do we have Turner Gill? Hmm. Actually, that's who Adrian passed to move into eighth. So if you'd been listening to the broadcast last week, that was <laughs> Greg, I, I had more important Fail. things to do. <laughs> Very clearly. Um, All right, one strike. You're okay. still good. Okay. Uh, let's see. What about uh, – I, I don't want to – I guess Turner, so this is probably a bad guess, but should I Should I uh, forget about Taylor Maid? Steve Taylor? Is he on there? About Steve Taylor. Yes, sir. Okay. Number four on the list, 2,195 yards. You need two, and you only have one strike. Okay. All right. I like where I'm at, but this is where things start to get a little bit tricky. Because um, if you look at the 70s, there's a lot of guys who are, uh, I don't like, I don't think, I'm not going to guess Jerry Tag yet. I don't think he's on this list. And then you look at some of the modern guys. Um, I, uh, so this is a, probably a bad guess because I don't know how many times, um, but he was a little bit mobile. Let's go with Tommy Armstrong. Why not? How about Tommy Armstrong? Yeah. Kind of no. knew that was bad. Uh, one strike. Now you're in danger zone. Two well, left, one strike. There's so many guys in the Callahan era that I'm like, I'm trying to think, you know, they were more West Coast style QBs. And so I don't want to guess them because, you know, they've obviously passed the ball quite a bit more than they ran it. But still, it, it, more modern offenses, QBs like to tuck and run sometimes. So do I want to go backwards or do I want to go forwards? Um, oh, geez. Well, how about how about uh, he only had two seasons, so I don't know if I can guess Scott. Can I? Uh, fine. How about Scott Frost? Scott Frost. Yeah, that was oh, stupid. Tim. He's in, he, he's in the top ten. Yep. So not not that those are all fair guesses that you threw out there. Boy, here you go, Austin. You can steal. You got two answers. Two answers that are available for you. Among you just need one. Yes, among a list of them, but uh, I think I'm going to try to keep this one simple. How about Eric Crouch? Eric Crouch. Yeah, baby! That hurts Number me. one on the list, 3,434 yards. He's number one. The other one, 
Jamal Lord. Oh, I almost guessed it. Yep. 25. He's number three. So Austin steals it, Ben. He's up 1-0. Tim, we need to be. We need to get Eric Crouch. That's that's one we gotta have. <laughs> My fellow Mill North just Mustang. Wh- that's yeah, that's just one we gotta get. That's rough. Well, I was trying to. All I was right. saving him for last, to be fair. But okay. <laughs> well, you, he, he didn't save him for last. Well, he was last, just just for me. I can't believe it. I literally Jamal Lord was a name that I passed over my mind. I was like, oh no, probably not Jamal Lord, and I just scofro. Oh man. All right, gents, here we go. Question number two. Name the four divisions in the NFL that do not have a team with a bird mascot in their division. Austin. Tim. Okay. I think Austin got it. Austin. Okay, one of those is going to be the AFC South. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. That was a correct one. answer. The AFC South, by the way, is Indian, Indianapolis, Houston, Tennessee, and Jacksonville. So that's the division you got. All right. So as we move down the list, I believe. Let me think here. The AFC East. The AFC East. Bang a ring. Two for two. Yes. So halfway home, correct. AFC East had the Jets, the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Bills. Two left. Uh, the AFC West. AFC West. Yes! Boom. And Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos. And That's then... A question, by the way. I believe that... Let me think here as I think through it just a second. Yeah, the final answer should be the NFC North. Perfect! This is dumb. <laughs> Perfect. Dumb. Ran Swept through it. it. Ran through it. Swept it. Demand a recount. All right. Recount is in, and it counts. <laughs> he wins so again. Quick one. <laughs> wins again. All right, 2-0. Come on, Tim. I 2-0. didn't even get a chance to guess there. This game is flawed, and I it's in protest, by the way. You didn't guess Eric Crouch. Yeah. I was saving him for last. You guys, there's a strategy to this, and you're questioning my strategy, so I don't appreciate that. All right, question three. The college football playoff started six years ago. Can you name the five group of five teams that have earned one of the bids to the prestigious bowl games? Tim? 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 So just emphatic call for Yeah, it was a question. (laughs) They call me Tim, the Tim the Enchanter. Um... Wait, so for, you're, t- you're saying the group of six game, or sorry, the, the group yeah, of the five New Year's six? Have one of those New Year's six bowl games, yes. Um, when you, you gotta have an answer. To have give, me, give me Utah. They're one of them, right? Is it Utah? Utah. They, they are a member of the Pac-12. They're in the so Pac-12. They're in the Pac-12. Austin. They used the to be Golden Knights of UCF. How about UCF? Cash! It's last! All right, they've actually been there two of the six years, so yeah. Now you have four to go. You want to play or pass? Now you got to play. Do I have to play? Second. I believe you I do. have yeah. to play. Yeah, you got to play. Okay. Um, let me think here. So six years ago. Great question, by the way. Th- I would love is, to have a- had a chance to answer this. Yeah, this takes us back to 20, what was that, 13 season or 14 season? 14, I believe. 14, okay. 2014. How about Houston? Give us Houston. Houston Cougars. You got it. How about that? Two for two, Austin. All right. Western Michigan. Ooh, Western Michigan. Boom goes 
Here's the dynamite. Row the boat. Indeed. Old Peach was there. All right. Now, a little bit of a thinking moment for me. That was a pretty good get, didn't you think, Ben? That's, yeah, that was a good pull. That's a hard one to f- remember, I think. Let's see. Directional Michigan's off the list. Well, no, they haven't been good enough. It was about that time. Mm, might have been just just a little bit earlier, but wasn't about that. I'll, I'll say Yukon. About Yukon. Yukon. Yeah, that was a little bit. That was, nope. was pre pre CFP. Yeah. Right. That was the team Nebraska would have played in the Fiesta Bowl mm-hmm. had there not right. been a second added to the clock. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. when it was. All right. So no Huskies. One first strike. Yep. Do, 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 do. <laughs> um, done. Tim's on the clock team. Clock. It's my only. He, al- he always does. Tactic and, uh, I got I, left. I, I got those first three so quickly. I'll give I, you like 15 more seconds. Yeah. Um, let me think here. Oh, I just had one. Let me think. Appalachian State. Appalachian State. It's not on the list. All right, down to your last strike. Still have two answers out there. Two to get. Yeah, that's the problem here. Boise State. How about Boise State? Yeah. Yeah, the Blue Turf guys. They've been there. You're right. Can't believe one I to forgot. get. Can't believe I forgot about them that long. Um, so one with one strike. Yes, sir. Okay. One. Yep. Central Michigan. Give me Central Michigan. Mm, a chance for Tim to steal and get on the board. Oh, boy. Uh, one, one does, so does left. the – are we counting, like, the AAC in this? Or Power group five, of six team, Power five. Group of five, five six teams in a New Year's Six Bowl. Tim clicking away on the computer over there. I'm looking, no, no, I'm looking at the uh, the schedule for this week, so this is not cheating. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's hey, not cheating. Whoa. Hey, 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 no, hey, no resources. Formulation. No. Get off Vetoed of there. power. Okay. Cannot access the internet during this segment. It was already Excuse up. you. Close it. It's closed. The integrity of you the can't use is flying out well, the you guys are, it's, it's, like, it's like using your textbook on a test. It was open already. <laughs> well, you I said, didn't open it. You said group of five, so the, the, AC, the AAC is not. No, 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 it is, right? Or, or do we? Tim, UCF was an answer, <laughs> and they're in the AAC. Yeah, so Memphis. Let's go with Memphis. All right, how about Memphis for the steal? Got it! Dagger! Bang. They're the most recent one, right? Heck yeah. Yeah, Tim with a steal. They played in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, they made it last year. Tim, you're on the board. Love it. Tim with the steal. Under protest, though. No. Well, I think I think we were able to nix the resource before it was as, as yeah I didn't I, I it was help. yeah I just yeah yeah mostly I'm uh, mad at myself so I'm taking it out on Tim so very good all right here we go 
Name the four universities the McCaffrey boys began their college careers. Tim? Okay. Tim with an emphatic answer again. Well, I, the only one I know is Michigan, uh, for, for starters. Michigan? Yep. Yeah, baby! Dylan um, McCaffrey, who, again, had started his college career there. Uh, he is there no longer. So, but does... These are not... These are the boys of Ed McCaffrey. Right. So, the four sons, where did they start their well, Luke college Well, Luke started his career at Nebraska and is still here, so does Nebraska count as one? It counts you, betcha! Luke would count. He is one of those four boys, <laughs> and Nebraska is a school. So, yes, Tim, that, okay, that would qualify. Not the weird. only one you know for sure. Um, and that about exhausts my knowledge. Um, <laughs> do it I really a, shouldn't. Do I get a pass? Do Excuse I, me? I don't know. Do oh, I phone a friend? Fall on my sword? I don't know. Uh, Tim, one of these you have. Well, where did Chris? I don't, I don't remember where Christian went. I honestly don't. I remember his time as the Panthers. Um, no one say anything. Did Christian go to Western Michigan? I don't know. <laughs> no clue. What Western Michigan. Is that an answer? Yep. Yes. He did I, not attend Western Michigan. I legitimately University. don't remember where Christian McCaffrey went. Uh, was it like... I No, I want to say I do. Did he go to Stanford? What? I don't even know. I legitimately don't know. Is, is that an answer? Sure, why not? That is correct. Heck yeah. There you go, Stanford. Oh. One left. <laughs> the trickiest one of the bunch. Uh, Here is the clue. Here is the clue. Oh, he is the on. oldest. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. I'm missing the oldest because I can't. I don't. Don't even know his name. Um, uh, I bet Austin knows. This is killing me. Um, You've got a one in like 200 chance to get it right, Tim. Let's see. Well, if you listen to my interview with Luke <laughs> McCaffrey a couple of weeks ago on Sports Nightly, you would know the answer. I mean, to this I was question. there when you recorded it, so uh, ostensibly I should know this. Uh, but let's see. Well, the, I know the father played for the Broncos, and he's the oldest brother, so if it's not that he had to stay home, mind you, but uh, going by a school in Colorado, let's try Colorado State. Was it the Rams? <sighs> Sad. So one guess. Them. So if you're ever going to save one for last, Tim, this would be the time to do it. Austin, you feeling good over there? What are you? What, what, what's you? I am not going to tip my hand. Okay. All right. Um, you're not on the internet, are you? I am not. So I get one more guess. Okay. Uh, did Ole Miss? I don't know. How about the running Rebs? Sad. Back over to Austin for the steal. Yeah, and I'm feeling less good after I botched last question. Um, I will say the Air Force Academy. Austin, there is ever somebody to get this right, it would this be you. Would be you. Don't the tell Duke me you went to Blue Durham. Devils. Oh my goodness. Max, the oldest, went to Duke. He is a wide receivers coach with Ed McCaffrey. I did not at know Northern that. Colorado. I had no idea. My I did not knowledge know that. of Duke football yeah. is limited to Daniel Jones and David Cutcliffe. Yeah. Well, everybody so. but me learned something tonight. There you Are go. We so are we tied, Ben? We're tied. Yep. Notch it up. We're tied 2-2. Put it on the board. 
Okay. Question five. Who are the top five quarterbacks currently in the National Football League in passing yards? Tim. Tim. Uh, let's go with Drew Brees. How about Drew Brees? Drew Brees. Oh, my. Austin. Dak Prescott. How about Dak Prescott? How about Dak Prescott and his broken ankle? <laughs> He's missed this a couple of games. Top five quarterbacks currently in the National Football League in passing yards this season. Oh, this season. Okay, good Lord. Um, well, how about terrific Tom, Tom Brady? How about Tom Brady? Come on. Austin. Aaron Rodgers. How about Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> back, back to Tim. Okay. Um, Ben's being, having fun. I'm being careful. I wow. can just keep my finger on the buzzer uh, all night, Russell boys. Wilson. Russell? Oh, he's wrong. <laughs> Was I actually? Yes. That is incorrect, You're sir. You're kidding me. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> what? You're serious. Okay. Uh, I think we just buzzed out. So if it wasn't him, um, uh, Josh Allen? How about Josh Allen? (laughs) Yes, sir. He is currently fourth in the NFL with 2,018 yards passing. All right, Tim. (laughs) Top five. You got four to get. Oh, boy. There's not many left. You guys named about half the league already. Yeah, holy cow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That was hilarious. We went through like seven guys. Um, So now I'm kind of nervous. What about um, they've had a good season, so might as well guess uh, Ben Roethlisberger. How about Big Ben? (sighs) And we're back on track. Yep. Okay, first strike, though. I write down the strikes. It's a good thing I don't write down the incorrect answers before the strikes, because I would need a second page on my Excel. <laughs> this is rough, man. Um, uh, let's just get an outside-the-box answer, because he, this team has sucked this year, but let's go with Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan. Yes. Number one, 2,181 yards. He's number one in the league and playing tonight. Hey, hey. I mean, hey, he is terrible, so... Um, not terrible. He's leading the league in passing. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible in another sense. Uh, Okay. Uh, There is another quarterback I want to guess. This is probably dumb because he is apt to run it a lot, but I will say Lamar Jackson. How about Lamar Jackson? That was dumb. All right, down to your last strike. All right, we've taken taken care of 15 teams in the league. (laughs) We should be able to get maybe at least number two on this list. Uh, Kyler Murray? How about Kyler Murray? <sighs> Austin, there are three out there for you that's, to go that's steal. That's not it. a bad guess, actually. No. Yeah. But he's had some really bad games passing. Yeah, he has, unfortunately. Um, Chance to steal. Three answers on the board with one yep. strike only. And you've so. got two, three, two and three still up there. Right. Let me think here. Do you think they would struggle like this, Ben, on this one? There is two guys on this list that I don't know that I would guess, but this there is one that I'm looking at right now that is inexcusable. Oh, no more pressure on him. No more pressure <laughs> Thanks on for him. loading it up there. <laughs> oh, man. I'm trying to think through. At least I guess. I have, I have all the ones we've guessed written down, so I'm trying to think through who we haven't guessed. Yeah, at least I... I know it's not Mitchell Trubisky. I know that for a fact. At least I guessed. At least I had an answer. 
Well, I have answers. I just don't know which one I want to go with. Yeah, we know that. I, you as you an can answer. tell, I'm sure. You just think hard enough, it'll come to you, I guess. Oh, God. Um, All right, that's enough, Tim. <laughs> Let's see. What game's been shit, Ben? All right, Austin, we do need an answer. Unfortunately, you do. Um, Jared Goff. How about Jared Goff? You kidding me. Number two was Deshaun Watson, 2095. Number three was Joe Burrow, 2023. And the other quarterback is also playing tonight, Teddy Bridgewater. Watson is that high with that line? Teddy two gloves. gloves. That is a nuts year. Wow, that's insane. Tim has roared back, Ben. Yeah, this is Austin. This is a meltdown. This is, yep, I know, I know. Got to regain, I know. Okay, here we go. This has me nervous for this question. I'm feeling a little bit better about it, though, given what I've heard tonight from from some of you. All right. Name the five, and in parentheses, six. We're going to go with five. Major League Baseball managers that were born before 1960. Tim. Tim. Well, Dusty Baker's one of them. And it is gone! Uh, well, do, do, are we going to count Tony? Because he got, got hired today. Tony LaRusso. Well, was, is he a current manager? Technically, yeah, Tony Russo. Moneyball. Okay, so that's two. So yes, he would count three more. <laughs> uh, how old is Mr. Matthews? Dave Matthews is he? Uh, from the Dave Matthews band? No, sorry, not Dave Matthews. Uh, <laughs> Dave Roberts from the Dodgers. Let me go guess him. You're gonna guess him? Yep. No. Oh. Um, let's see. I'm going to go... Man, this is... T- more. Di- I should have passed it probably at that first one. Because um, I know it's not Schilt. Uh, but it could be. Joe Madden? Joe Madden. Got it! Dagger! Heck yes. Uh, so I need good, two more. Good pull right there. Yeah, that's a great poll on my part. I'll clap myself in the back for that. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. This is where we really get into danger zone territory where I don't know. Um, hmm. Hmm. Three more. Okay, so if I'm thinking of... Um, Austin, I'm going to put you on getting some music. Oh, there we go. No, I got it. Don't worry. You're trying to answer questions. Yeah, I was trying to answer questions. <laughs> got the bed music there. Okay, so now that means I can probably think with the music going again. It feels my brain power. We're going to have to speed this up, so you got 15 seconds. Who's the freaking... I can't even think. My brain's turned to mush. What happened um, Who's the uh, current manager of the Marlins right now? I don't... All right, just buzz me. I'm, I'm already, my brain's just fried. I don't know. Two strikes. Um, yeah, let's go with, uh, uh, man, this is tough. I don't. I don't know what to say for myself at this point. Yeah, it just buzzed me. Screw it. 
Okay, plenty of answers still on the table, Austin. Yeah, just where we were last time, too. How about, and I hope this is still the case, how about Bud Black of the Rockies? Yeah, baby! Steal! A steal. We are knotted at three. Terry Francona? Yep. And the other one that I would have accepted because he's an interim manager is Lloyd McClendon. Okay. Oh, geez. Yeah, Francona, that, I should have got him, but I would not have got the interim. Sorry. Okay, okay. going to the seventh Seven. topic. Here we go. Last question of the night. A survey of 100 people were asked, name something trick-or-treaters collect their candy in. Austin. Austin. How about a pillowcase? How about a pillowcase? Yes. Yep. Number two, 28 people said pillowcase. Second answer. All right. Um, I will play it, but how many responses are we going for? Four. Got top four three more. Answers. Okay. Let's see here. How about like a like a just a plastic bag? How about a bag? Boom goes the dynamite. Yes, sir. Number three on the answer chart. So you're missing one and four. Missing one and four. Okay. No strikes. Right. Uh, what do people hold stuff in? Um, trying to think. So when I said plastic bag, does that knock off stuff like like a felt bag or like a hard plastic bag? Bag bag is all encompassing. All encompassing. Yeah, bag is off okay. the list. All right. Can I get the language of origin, please? All of the fabrics and materials in which bags are made. Okay. Um. What about like a like a box, like a cardboard or plastic box? Box. box. Nope. Track one. Okay. Not a box. Ten seconds. Ooh, quick timer. Okay. Um, look at the time. Well, yeah. our long timers and the early <laughs> questions are affecting our short timers <laughs> late yeah. game. For what real. about like headwear, a hat of some sort? How about a hat? <laughs> All right. One strike to go. Still two answers. One and four. So I feel like I got the obvious ones already, but I guess I didn't. Um, Name something trick-or-treaters collect their candy in. A wagon. How about a wagon? <laughs> Tim, for the steal and the win. Okay, uh, I've got two choices. One of them I, I think is kind of a technical one, but let's go with like a plastic pumpkin. I see those all the time. How about a plastic pumpkin for the win? You betcha! Answer number one was the plastic was pumpkin. Like, like a pumpkin, let's like go. you hold, like it's a bag shape. That's for my let's head. Go. I didn't even come to, come to mind because I thought that was encompassed. A bucket was number four. Yeah, I had so that one, plastic too. Plastic pumpkin is not a bag, Austin. No, no, no. Tim wins. What a roaring comeback by what Tim. What a comeback. Knocks, I got 2004 Yankees. Let's go. Peace. Did, hey. did not think it was leaning your way after you blew Eric Crouch, but you did it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was fun. Nothing good on TV anymore? Struggling to find something to watch? There's no crying in baseball! Well, we've got you covered. I'm going to make him an offer he can with you. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. It's time now for Sports Nightly Flicks Picks. And action! All right, let's see what's on everybody's screens. Ben McLaughlin. Been talking about how I've been watching a lot of uh, Halloween movies lately, and I'm starting to get into some of the slasher films after our top ten list. 
on Tuesday with the top uh, uh, Halloween villains of all time. And uh, this one was on your your list, Greg. And after the the series that I'm working on right now, maybe maybe on mine if we do this again next year. Hello. Hello. Who is this? Tell me your name. I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Scream Ooh. series on Hulu for those into those thrillers i yeah. made it through the first one and there's a whole bunch to follow but the first one obviously is is pretty good and uh compelling storyline i don't know that tim would agree no i i am a fan of the scream films no i mean I, I am not um as contrary to popular belief some like uh you know micro brew sipping uh you know uh, pretentious a-hole who only watches you know foreign <laughs> french films although i i am apt to enjoy those as well no scream is excellent i'm a fan of west craven i would say the the series as a whole is not great but i almost it's funny about the scream movies i almost remember them more in the kind of popular conscious in those scary movie knockoffs where they yeah. basically parried the scream movies and um that look though is iconic i mean you still see i remember seeing a couple years ago a guy dressed up as scream when he won the lottery because he didn't want his uh family members extended family be- <laughs> bucket him for money so uh it's still a very popular movie and for, for good reason for good reason all right, Tim. Well, uh, it has not come out yet technically, but The Mandalorian Season mm. 2 on Disney Plus coming out tomorrow. Here's a sneak peek of Season 2. Show me the one safety deemed such destruction. You must reunite it with its own kind. Where? This you must determine. The songs of eons past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. Yes, nerds rejoice everywhere. Uh, Mandalorian Season 2. I, I have to say, that this grew on me a little bit. I was skeptical at first. I thought, Star Wars live action? I don't know if I want to see that. Um, and also seeing how the, the trilogy was handled by Disney in general, I was very skeptical. But... Uh, I do think The Mandalorian is an excellent, excellent uh, little series. The The only thing I hope they change in this season is I think they need to move the narrative forward more. There were a couple episodes in the last season where they, they just kind of, the storyline didn't go anywhere, so I wasn't a huge fan of that. But uh, big fan of The Mandalorian. The, the production uh, is big. Uh, before we get to Austin, though, uh, gentlemen, um, I have a big announcement to make. I finally checked out, drumroll please, drumroll please, uh, Moneyball. No. No, I really? watched Moneyball. I did in honor of the World Series ending. It was on Netflix. I pulled it up in the queue, and uh, the verdict is, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. I mean, the the one complaint I have about it um, has nothing to do with the script or anything. It, it's, I, I think Brad Pitt sometimes feels more like a caricature rather than a character where he goes to the clubhouse and he's giving him a pep talk. I'm like, is Billy was the GM really? going to the clubhouse and snapping at him. Like I, I, so anyway, that's a little bit of Hollywood schmaltz. But no, I, I, I think it's well done. It's a good middle-brow sports film, um, pretty sleekly edited, directed. Uh, the script's pretty tight. I was worried because Aaron Sorkin sometimes goes a little bit over the top with the preachy stuff. But that, none of that was present. Uh, it, it even has a kind of an emotional core with his daughter, with the kind of mm-hmm. stories about loneliness, fighting for your dreams. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I finally watched it. There you go. Ha- happy now. I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. Yeah. I, to be clear, I never had an uh, agenda against it. I just never got around to it. 
Before Austin goes, buckle up and put the phone down. A reminder from NDOT Highway Safety Office. After that, we're shattering news. Austin, follow that up. Well, how can I? How can I possibly? Tim has watched Moneyball, and that's, that's really all I need to know. But, no, like him, I will be <laughs> plugged into Season 2 of The Mandalorian. I didn't actually get around to watching it till just this last summer, Season 1, I mean. So I'll be watching Season 2 as well. And what's I, what I'm not going to be watching is Halloween movies. I am not a fan Boo. of the horror or the Baby. thriller genre, so I will <laughs> be watching anything but Halloween movies. He'll just be licking his wounds from that loss I handed him in the face-off. That's what I'll be doing. Also that. Wow. I don't know if anybody's caught Doc Sadler's tweet the other night. He's he's obviously watching The Bachelorette. Quite a season <laughs> going on, on there. That. Yeah, I can't wait for the next episode. Claire Crowley, the 39-year-old, the oldest Bachelorette. There's a lot of drama going on. Doc can't wait for that. I've watched a few of the episodes, too, i got to admit. Callers and guests into our show. Dot us up on our Sports Nightly Hotline. Brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family. Bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Fun night, fun hour, great face-off. What a duel between Austin and Tim. They'll wrap that series up somewhere down the road as we get back to another normal Thursday night. Tomorrow night, Ian Rappaport will be here. We'll talk about the NFL. Pretty good game going on right now at halftime as Atlanta leads Carolina 16-14. Thanks to the guys. Have a great night.